It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We would like to acknowledge the Turbal and Yavara people as the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet, and we would like to pay respect to the elders past, present and emerging. That was a really smooth transition. I'm really <laughs> proud of you. Uh, hi, everyone, and welcome to General Queries, a podcast about the Brisbane queer scene. I am your host, Talia. It's great to have you on this beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you are listening. I am joined, as always, in the studio with the dulcet tones of my lovely co-host, Megan. Dulcet tones, your main bitch. Yeah! <laughs> she back in the building, squad! Baby got back. <laughs> nice, real proud, real proud. <laughs> and if you've ever seen me, I am quite a large human being, so like it's not false. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are joined in the studio today Michal. with someone who's been asking me for a while to actually so be, long. Um, not, Get off my dick just, about it. <laughs> yeah, not to just um, call you out on this, um, but I love you very dearly. Um, I'd love to introduce everyone to. Actually, no, sorry. Can we just blank that? Because I was about to call you my OG husband. Why don't you? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I would like to introduce everyone to um, my OG husband. We can then explain why he is my OG husband. No, don't ruin the bit. Um, don't ruin the bit. Okay. I'd like to introduce everyone to my OG husband, Michael. I've been on the show for about a minute and you've already called me out. I'm definitely feeling the love in this chilies tonight. <laughs> uh, Hello, my name is Michael. I'm gay. Uh, that's pretty much my most defining character trait. Uh, <laughs> I, Every I, straight written fiction, gay <laughs> fiction. Oh, oof. yeah, basically though. Um, Yeet. Do, do I get into explaining my own deal now, or yeah, go on. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Why, why fuck around? Why, why beat around why? the proverbial bush? Listen, I mean, usually there's stuff in the bush, but mm-hmm, I'm, I'm making a. I know, it's a sex joke. It's a sex joke. Oh, no. Okay, that, no. Oh, come on. It's a good one. Fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Hi, really I'm vicious. Michael. I'm a bad comedian. <laughs> Thousands of comedians out of work. Mm. And you're stuck. Um, no, I studied creative writing at QUT for three years, which is how I met my OG wife, Talia. That's me. Yeah, graduate. Yeah, I graduated last year and I am now doing a master's of teaching. So going to see your boy in an well, English classroom. Well, look at you and your matching shoes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like that. Some It just... It'd be. Listen, say la vie. Say la vie. Chase your bliss. Or as the French say... Yikes. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. Um, so I can sorry. see you as an English teacher, like socks pulled right up, mm. like I'm wearing, I'm wearing like 
calf high rainbow socks today. So just imagine that as wow, every day of the gay? week. Mm. Listen. <laughs> Chris, it, is that a we? I'm calling the police. <laughs> I'm the police. If my identity was a spice, it would be salt. So we did have this discussion. I would be Mexican chili. I can see that. Mm. Spicy, full bodied. Mm. I refuse to participate in this discussion because I Michael don't just know shimmied and I just like jazz hands my, <laughs> my my hands in the air like I just don't care. Um, yeah. So you did you did creative writing? Um, I did creative do writing. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of your writing stuff? Uh, so I am I say aspiring author, but that's because I've rewritten the first chapter of a book like fifteen times, and mm. I'm very good at planning and. Very bad at actually sitting down to write. Hey oh listen. It, what a mood. It's yeah. Honestly, as far as I'm aware, everyone in my degree is doing the exact same thing. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I'm twenty one. I well, it's weird saying that instead of twenty. I'm twenty one. I had my birthday the other week. That was weird. Happy birthday. Thank you. Hey, guess what? You're old now. Yeah. I'm I'm officially. I was about to say get a job, but you've got a job. Uh, that job's closing down. I need another job. Oh, oh no, yeah. my yeah. girlfriend is twenty five. She's like an, a grandmother. <laughs> I'm sixteen. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a grandmother. grandmother. <laughs> um, I guess I'm only talking in vines today. <laughs> Zane is looking at me with just this. Zane's this just going. I'm cutting all of it. I'm waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> this pure disappointment. Do you want to just restart the podcast or something? Let's just go again. No, no, no. Um, yeah. So I have a lot of planning in the works. I have a lot of things lined up, and I am trying to reach a stage in my life where I can comfortably sit down and start writing that and mm. not be distracted by everything under the sun. Mm. Do you want to, are you happy to talk about resurrecting? Oh, absolutely. Because um, um, my okay. child, just, just TM, to, TM, 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 um, just to, uh, give, yeah. Um, <sighs> just to give a bit of background um, to resurrecting. Um, this is the first work that, I ever read of yours. Um, it is currently unfinished, but um, there is a lot of good discussion of um, identity and stuff, which is why I brought it up um, because I think it's really important to talk about how that kind of plays in that kind of space. But yes, continue. Talk about Resurrecti. So Resurrecti, or as its full current working title is Resurrecti Detecti, because I'm really, <laughs> I'm really bad at naming things. Um, Resurrected Detective is sort of my love child as a result of me being accepted into the QT's advanced writing practice minor, uh, cool. where basically for a year and a half, they put you under the tutelage of actual authors, uh, who teach you how to write a book and how to get an agent and all of these things, oh. uh, very in-depth, very rigorous, um, what's the word? So I'd say rigorous testing, but... Teaching? Tutoring? Tutoring. Yeah. Uh, Program. Like, like. It's pe- peer-focused um, or peer-led critique and whatnot. Yep. Basically, you're surrounded by other aspiring authors and they'll give you critique and advice just as you can give them critique and advice and you're all under the tutelage of um, poets and teachers and writers and everything. And it was great. And uh, all of the main assignments for that particular minor was you had to submit your writing and I was typically chapters from your work and so at the beginning of my first semester I had to um 
as one of my, I think it was my script writing teacher put it, I had to pick a puppy because you have so many cute puppies, aka ideas, but in the end, at the end of the day, you can only go home with one. So I ended up picking one that, uh, funnily enough, started out as fan fiction because I am a cool kid. <laughs> uh, for those I hated who, that. If, for those you at for those of you at home, I uh, proceeded to shaka like a surfer because I'm a cool kid. I just did it again. Nice. Um, I hated it. Thank you. Uh, that's basically. Can I get my- some folly on that, please? Shaking <laughs> <laughs> um, head. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up going with uh, Resurrected Detective, which is over the past year and a half of that degree and whatnot. I've developed and put my heart and soul into and I've ended up becoming my main story and what I really want to be my first book I've built an entire universe that my loving Dungeons and Dragons group is now playtesting for me Ayo. Ayo. Um, I can't wait for all of my D&D oh, shit posts I can't to, wait. to turn up in your world but so continue good. Um, but yeah and essentially it started off as me wanting to have something to write uh, for this assignment and over time it's evolved into this um, this story that I really want to tell and that is such a bougie art term to use but it's I've mm. always been a fan of fantasy and escapism and that's exactly what Resurrected Detective is mm. um, and probably one of the core things that I want about Resurrected Detective is the fact that I'm pretty sure every major named character and most minor characters are queer in one form or another because mm. I am an avid believer that um, representation in your works and in literature and just the arts in general is so important mm. for identities of every kind. Um, I have two main protagonists in the Re- Resurrected Detective, Elijah, who is the eponymous resurrected detective and Aisha who is this gorgeous trans girl and I'm as I mentioned before I'm straight up wow (laughs) all right yeah Freudian slip there Uh, I am the straight equivalent of the uh, queer world I am a cis white gay male I am garden variety queer salt of the earth salt of the earth cut that um (laughs) garden variety queer I am Salt. Well, I like salt of the earth. I'm Salty Spice. That's mm. my Spice Girl name. Um, the one spice that uh, that white people use when they marinate a chicken. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I'm not trans. Mm. I can't write a trans story from. Well, I can't. I can't write a trans story using my own lived-in perspectives. So I have um, gotten contact with trans friends and I want to continue being in contact with trans members of the community to get that story and learn about it and understand it so I can effectively put it into my story in a way that is meaningful uh and basically my end result my end goal for my books and for Resurrected Detective if I ever actually get around to writing them (laughs) is to have someone come up to me and go I read your book and it meant a lot to me because I saw myself in X. Um, And I can actually pretty much pinpoint exactly why this particular, where this particular um, drive for representation in literature comes from. 
Uh, I was, I think, 11. I was very much a baby, baby, baby gay. I was so far in the closet. Um, And I read this book by Robert Muchmore. It was part of the Cherub series, I believe, Class A is page 112. I'm pretty sure I have a screenshot of it on my phone somewhere. Like, that's how much this means to me. Uh, the main character's friend comes out to the main character as gay. And I vividly remember reading that in bed because I was that cool nerdy kid who read at bed at night. Hey. Um, I remember reading that, putting the book down, going to the bathroom and staring at myself in the mirror because holy shit, here is a character that is gay like me. That was such a big thing for me. And I I want that. I want to give people that experience, essentially. Yeah. Um, what was the process for, um, like, researching, um, like, all of the stories that you don't know about, like, like uh, researching for Aisha? Uh, researching for Aisha is essentially it's actual going online, reading stories from people who have had those lived experiences and also just contacting people I know who are trans or who are ace like other characters in the book or who are these different identities that I don't have and quite simply talking to them, getting their story and asking how best to put it in a book. Um, A non-queer example that I can point to uh, was actually um, I wanted to write a character with dyslexia and my sister has dyslexia. So I had a conversation with her. I like got a Word document open and everything and just took down notes of, yeah, all right, this is what it means for her. And every lived experience is different, but I can portray one using the information I get from this. Mm. So yeah, it's part actual research and part just talking to people and knowing people and getting their stories. Um, now that you actually mention it, now you bring up the ace character, I actually do remember having that conversation with you because you messaged me and you were like, hey, so I want to do this. I want this person to be in a relationship with X person. What's that like? And um, what was really nice was, you know, after I explained like, oh, like you have all of these issues with like ace people in relationships, you then went, okay, so what's what's the best way to do this? Um which I don't think there's a be-all and end-all answer to what's the best way, but it's always nicer to have someone be like, hey, what's what's your take on rep? Like, where should we be going rep-wise? Um, I think, like, like, with YA and stuff like that, they're definitely moving towards more broader spans of rep. Like, I think Percy Jackson mm. has, like, so much. Um, I have so much respect for Rick Riordan. Um, one of my writing teachers compared him to a literary heroine because – there's so much going on, so much pace that you can't really keep up, uh, which is really funny. But at the same time, Rick Riordan has some really good representation. I'm not going to say it's perfect because I obviously don't know those experiences and I don't know if they are accurate or not. But um, he started off with an uh, all-straight, all-white cast and just as time has gone on, he's put more and more representation in each of his books. Um in Percy Jackson, spoilers, uh, one of the characters, Nico D'Angelo, comes out as gay and he ends up having a relationship with this other um, minor character, but it's touched on multiple times. Um, 
in the Trials of Apollo series, which is sort of a sequel sequel to the original Percy Jackson series, um, it's explicitly stated that, like, yeah, no, Greek mythology had a whole bunch of queerness in it that modern society tends to downplay or totally remove. Um, the, I think it's Magnus Chase series, which mm-hmm. is all about uh, Ragnarok and Norse mythology and whatnot, um, has a canonical gender-fluid character and all of the characters understand and respect and use the right pronouns. And I think it's like, it's explained like, hey, yeah, I'm gender-fluid. You referred to me by these pronouns earlier, but I prefer if you'd call me this now. And every time they have that um, fluidity and every time their pronouns change, they like inform the main cast and they're like, oh yeah, all right. And the story continues on. So it's not a... Um, um it's, I wouldn't say it's not plot relevant because there is a whole plot thing about who their father is, et cetera, et cetera. But it's it's a part of their character, but it's not only their character, mm. which I yeah. find is a huge um literary trap of making a character's identity just yeah. yeah, their character. I think I've actually um in one of the previous episodes I had this conversation with Jonathan where there's like there's two different ways to do to write queerness and one of them is to do it as like a little sideline thing and one of them is to and the other one is to um focus on it so entirely that it becomes the point of the work and like they're both valid um forms of expression um especially self-expression um but sometimes it's nice to just get like the very downplayed like oh like i'm just here existing yeah um like yeah sometimes it's really nice to just Um, hi we're having a story and Just, yeah. it's great to have those stories that are like full on um, zero to 100. This story is about my queerness. Mm-hmm. And those are great to have because they can be so affirming and so validating. Um, we were talking about Love, Simon earlier. Yeah, Love, Simon um, was the yeah. example I was going to use. Um, that's actually the movie that helped my boyfriend and I get together. So... Yeah, we saw it in cinemas about like six months or so, I want to say, before um, we actually started dating. Uh, I had been dropping hints at him for a year beforehand. He's Isaac. <laughs> he's, he's a very... Yeah, called out in his own home. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll call him out as many times as I need to be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so stories like that are absolutely fantastic, but you also can't go past the stories where... There's more than just that because, like I said, I use fantasy for as escapism and I love stories that are like, oh, yes, no, the magical sword of and the evil kingdom of and I'm a sucker for just traditional fantasy and all that sort of stuff and non-traditional fantasy and yeah. fantasy in general. And having queer characters like um, I think in earlier episode you were talking about uh, queer representation in video games. Um, and Apex Legends was brought up yeah. of how one of the characters is just uh, gay. It's like his boyfriend is mentioned in his backstory and that's it. That's not the story. That's not everything. But that character is just canonically gay and another character is canonically non-binary. Mm. And that sort of stuff is really cool to me because it's like, yeah, awesome. This is queer representation, but it's not the whole story, they have a story they're trying to tell. Apex Legends is a bad example for that because there's no story. Um, if, you don't if, you, if you're interested, no story. Yeah. Um, 
I'm pretty sure there's some story there, but there's some story to pretty much everything as an excuse for having people run around an island and yeah, yay yeah. battle royale. Yeah, yeah, I love battle royale. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah, definitely an interesting genre. Yeah, it's um. Oh, I had a point that I was trying to make. It actually is gone. Is that? It's totally fine. Totally fine. I've had a day. I've Listen. had a day. Um, yeah, like I, I find – and like with, with queer rap it can be really difficult to write stories where they're very like focused on like the queer experience mm. because um, we kind of have this habit within the community of tearing things apart yeah. to the point where it's like everything is bad. But like – no no, 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 no. No representation is no ever representation. going to be perfect. Yeah. And I say this like as someone who wants to have representation in every aspect of his uh, creation. Um, I, I think I have a running joke that I'm the anti-JK Rowling because all of my characters are queer unless I explicitly post on Twitter otherwise. Yeah. Um, but God, JK Rowling. Honey, <laughs> that suitcase went. It didn't even get off the plane. Mm. Yeah. Um, I had something I was going to say, and I've totally forgotten it. We've been doing this like all day. Yeah. People have We've just been, been talking, just... and they're like, "What?" what? Um, it, it'd be like that. Mercury is in retrograde. I don't understand what that means. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a dumb bitch. Uh, I thought you were about to say I'm gay, and we were like, we've literally had this conversation. We've been over this, convoy. Michael. You should know. You should know what it's about. You are gay. Yeah, so representation in stories, uh, literature, media, games, whatever, it's so important. Yeah. But there are those um, traps you can fall into where you try to make a character's identity come to the forefront and end up making it just their identity. And it's at that point that you really need to go like, well, is a token character, is token representation better than no representation? Yeah. yeah. And that's still a question I'm... I'm unsure of because I'm um, Pitch Perfect too. I love Pitch Perfect series, but yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. There was a uh, in the second movie specifically. There was one line that one of the characters had that was, "I am a black lesbian. I'm three minorities. I have more to worry about than you." And it was her entire character for yeah. the movie. And to me, that's not representation. No. That's ticking sl- boxes. Yeah, honestly, that's literally it's white straight people trying to look like they're woke. Which is exactly why you don't do that. You go to you go to a black lesbian and go, "Hey, what are your experiences? What's it like to be a black lesbian? What's exactly like to be a black lesbian? What's it like to be yeah. a black lesbian in college and having to go to these competitions? And how does that affect your relationship? Like." Ask these questions, get these stories so you can make your stories not only not not only make the representation better, but make the story better. Mm. Uh, we mentioned Love, Simon before. The book that that's based on, Simon vs. Homo Sapiens Agenda, is written by a woman, but she's actually talked to young gay males and asked them about their experience and that's mm. where she created this a character of Simon and all of that from and like if you don't have those experiences learn about those experiences or don't don't write about them like don't have a black lesbian character like i honestly i think it's better to have no representation than tokenism because it's lazy tokenism is lazy and like tokenism does nothing tokenism does nothing but perpetrate the stereotypes and make 
people who are in the majority, who are not in those minority groups, feel good about themselves. Oh, I saw this movie that had one gay black character in it. Aren't I great? Like it's not – it's not okay and it's queer baiting. Like that's what it is. Like I'm going to call out Ariana Grande and – that oh, what is it called? Um, break up with your girlfriend. I'm bored. Mm. That is the most queer baity shit I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Like, it's, get back yeah. in your lane, honey. First, it was appropriating black culture, and now it's appropriating queer culture, and I'm sick of it. Mm. Like, Ariana, <laughs> just sweetie, stop, Ariana, sweetie, please you, stop. Um, and I also like not not to throw a spanner in the works here, um, but I'm here with the different opinions. Roll it, um, throw it hard. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but see, I'm of the um, of the opinion that you should always always try to write experiences outside of your own oh, um, yeah, to to help with empathizing because a lot of um, like a lot of what writing and what storytelling is is trying to get your audience to empathize so if you can't personally empathize why should we as an audience care you should so. always try to write experiences outside yeah. your own because not only does that like it's diversity in your stories but it also makes it more people like a person can read your book and go Oh, look, that's me. me. If you only write your own experiences, then literature would just be full of straight white when, oh, wait. (laughs) And it's also, it also comes down to a thing of um, like with fantasy and sci-fi and stuff like that. When people talk about writing their own experiences, people assume that it's like, oh, like it has to be an identity thing. But literally it's stuff like, what if, like, what if you just woke up on a space station? Like that's an experience that's not yours. Yeah. Um, and just like you have to, and obviously there are some things that you can't ask, yeah. like lived experiences on, like, yeah. hey, uh, have, do you, do you know anyone who's woken up on a spaceship recently? Yeah, but that, I so, think that's what fiction their is. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it, but that's where you know I, I think that's kind of where my my metaphor kind of falls apart because yeah. one is speculative fiction and the other one is, hey, people actually live like this. Yes. Maybe do the research on that. There's a line between experiences that can't be lived such Mm. as waking up on a space station um being a dead guy brought back to life like in resurrected detective tying things back to that uh like their experiences that you can't have which is the point of reality and the uh, sorry the point of fantasy and the point of escapism and then their experiences that other people have had that you have not Mm. there's a line between those two and on one side it's like sure go for your life make sure you have keep X, Y, and Z in mind as you write it so you don't make it boring or in- exclusive or anything. And then on the other side of the line, it's, all right, yeah, you want to have a trans character, talk to a trans person. You want to have a black trans character, talk to a black trans person. Like, find those experiences, do research, talk with people and get their experiences. And also I think on that... Um like don't don't just make friends with someone explicitly for the point of asking oh, them. Yeah, um, like the the reason that you're Be able honest about your intentions. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hello, I'm writing a book. Yeah. I need to know X. about this yeah. to be able to write it properly. Can yeah. you yeah. help me? Like, like the reason that um, like we've had a lot of these kind of discussions is we were friends before that, and you were like, hey, I know this is something that you're quite passionate about. Can you, um, can I just ask you some questions about that? But also like um, not to just bring it back to Tumblr, but Tumblr has a lot of um, like really good writing resources Mm. um, for queer characters. And there's a lot of good um, like advice blogs and stuff like that. Um, And there's a lot of good like word. But if you want to post adult content, (laughs) you're pretty fucked. Good luck with that female presenting nipple. 
but yeah, no, like, I, I if you don't have access to the people, the internet exists for a reason. Exactly. Google it's is free. Google is free. Google is free. Google. Um, yeah, super duper free. We are connected by a massive web of technology and information and data. If you condensed all of the electrons on the internet, you'd get something the size of a strawberry, and that's wild to me. Mm. That's a statistic I read like 10 years ago. Don't take that for granted. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we are connected by this massive information of communication and technology. Talk to people. Do research. Don't sit Have in... Have a chat. <laughs> yeah, don't sit in your straight white bubble and go, mm, yes, this is exactly what a gay person would sound like. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's all oh, I think so. <laughs> as we have seemed to have established, they're kind of based in... Stereotypes. stereotypes and, and a lot of those times those stereotypes are harmful. Oh, and also... Um, and that, that's why that um, Robert Much More Class A one was so important to me because he wasn't a stereotype at to that point, he had just been a regular character. A human, a regular, yeah. Regular this was like the, the second book in the series, and he, uh, he's just gone, "Hey, yeah, mate, I'm gay," and it's like, "Oh, all right." And then the story continues from there, and mm. he's still a main character. He's still this really cool character, but he's gay, and that's just a, that's just him. It's just a fact about him. And mm. funny enough, that's exactly what people are like. Yeah. It's their, like, their identities are important and integral to them. Yeah. And um, I think you do go through phases where, it, you yeah. know, it, it's the most important and then it's less important. I, I introduce myself as, hi, I'm Michael, I'm gay. Like people's identities mean things to them and that's totally fine. But yeah. a, a lot of the time, um, and I don't speak for everyone, but a person's identity isn't their personality. Mm. It's an aspect of them and it's a factor of them and it's something you should keep in mind but it's something you should yeah it's something you should keep in mind it's important but it's not the, the whole thing yeah. yeah and i also think um just as like a, a last little thing um it's important to be aware of when you're writing especially and when you're storytelling be aware of the tropes mm. um like i kind Tro- of tropes are not bad but are, also be aware of yeah them. be aware of them um i am specifically thinking about a bad I'm specifically thinking about um, when uh, Griffin McElroy mm. did uh, The Adventure Zone and he had an explicitly lesbian couple um, and then they became a tree. Bury at the your end of gaze. It. Yeah, and it, it became a very big bury your gaze trope, um, and which he was completely unaware of. Yeah. Um, and he then went and rectified it and they became, I think, dryads. Yeah, in- bur- bury your gaze, water them, fertilize them, let yeah. them go into badass dryad lesbians. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just be like if you are going to write um, – Queer characters, especially uh, yeah. for this podcast, just um, just yeah. be aware of everything. Be aware of things. Yeah. Don't sit in your bubble. Yeah. Reach out. Do some research. Yeah. Think before you write. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to wrap up. Zane has given me oh. the look. Um, but, Michael, it's been lovely to have you. Thank you for... Thank you for having me. Yeah, Thanks for being here. No yeah. problem. Sorry about talking. Sorry for talking about my book that's never going to be totally properly published. Fine. We no, did it. No, I'm so I'm always happy to talk about Resurrect You Detective with like you. That. One of these days I'll publish, and then it's going to be over for you. Yeah, and then no more friendship. Exactly. Well, yeah. that's it. Yeah. We're done. That's no. it. We're done. <laughs> but then I'm breaking up with you. Divorced. <laughs> but then I'll need you for all the sequels. So we'll need to have like a another marriage. Yeah, I reckon. you're right. We yeah. haven't had our first marriage, and I feel like that's a crime. Yeah, we kind of just we never explain the OG husband. Oh, we thing. never explain. The, we'll do no, it later. Leave it it's a mystery. Leave it it's a mystery. mystery. It's fine. Hey, listen. Um, Some things are sacred. Um. So yeah, do you have any advice for for the little gays? For the little gays, um, be like 
Give me a second. Advice um, for not just like gays, but just for writers and people who want to get into that. Write some fan fiction, y'all. That's some great practice and training. Resurrected Detective was fan fiction. And one of these days, mark my words, I'm going to make it a multi-million dollar media thing. Uh, Don't quote me on that. Um, but Mark right. his words, but don't quote him. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, write fan fiction. It's a great practice tool. and You've got your your world built for you. Exactly. Um, it really helps with learning yeah. characterization and And yeah. you can sometimes take those stories and make them your own, and that's great. And for uh, people who want representation, talk to people. That's my advice. Talk to people. Make friends. It's... Where it's a big wide world out there and there are so many people who want to tell you their stories. So talk to them. Get their advice and Get their experience. Bread. Get, that, Get bread. that bread. Get that spiritual, wholesome friendship bread. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for, for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, for everyone out there in podcast listening land, um, thank you for just spending some time with us. It's been wonderful to have you. I hope you're all looking after yourselves, drinking enough water. Please take your meds today and eat some food. Um, three. Snack. Snack, yeah, snack, snacks. Snack. Um, three meals a day is very important. Um, and we hope to see you all next time we are here. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.